الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وذكر فان الذكرى تنفع المؤمنين صدق الله العظيم ایمان to kindle within ourselves the light from the noor that comes from the words of Allah and Rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam and inshallah this becomes a means towards amal and becomes a means towards gaining the nearness of Allah tabaarak wa taala so that is the purpose and the object that should be the near that should be the very conscious intention that we have in our heart and mind because according to the intention that the person has that is what Allah Ta'ala will bless him with May Allah Tabarak Wa Ta'ala make the sign that we will be discussing something May Allah Ta'ala make it a means of gaining his qurb and nearness Allah Ta'ala make it a means of gaining his muhabbat make it a means of us gaining the tawfiq of making amal on all the aspects of deen One sahabi came to Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Prophet Jabir bin Sulaim radiallahu ta'ala He had come for the very first time when he came he even was not aware of who is Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam He asked the sahabai kiram and they informed him that so and so is Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam And he came to come to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam And the first thing he does is he greets Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in the way that he perhaps thought was the way to greet And he said, Alayka salam ya Rasulullah. So he said, Alayka salam, Nabi Islam corrected him. And he said to him that, no, this is not the manner of greeting. The manner of greeting is, As-salamu alaykum. Alayka salam, that is the greeting of the deceased. Now, this correction was apparently just the correction of wording. But this was not just the correction of wording, it was far deeper than that. It was the correction that, look, you must do whatever you do in the way that I have thought. Whatever you do should be done in the way that is my way and my tariqah, my sunnah. That is what lesson and message in many thousands of giving them. That when it comes to greeting, when it comes to salam, when it comes to the manner of greeting somebody, in the way that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has taught him As-Salaamu Alaikum wa Rahmatullah wa Barakatuh So even this word that has been transmitted to us from Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to maintain that wording that to have its own mood it has its own benefit once one sahabi Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam taught him one dua that before going to bed you should recite this dua All these du'as are filled with tremendous ta'aleem also 
and especially these du'as, if we ponder over them, it makes it very clear and manifest that to what extent there was this complete servitude and submission in the life of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Now this is the last du'a before going to bed. In fact, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam taught the Sahabi that when you finally recite this du'a, then don't talk to anybody also. <coughs> Let this be the last. Allahumma aslam tu dafsi ilayk wa wajjah tu wajhi ilayk wa fawwad tu amri ilayk wa aljah tu zahri ilayk Full of complete expression of submission. Allah has completely handed over myself to you. I completely focus myself to you alone. I have handed all my affairs to you. And wa aljah tu zahri ilayk Ya Allah, my support is from you alone. Rahbatan wa rahbatan ilayk. And all my aspirations are towards you, and I fear you alone. La malja wa la manja minka illa ilayk. Allah, there is no place of safety and salvation except from you. And then the last line that Rabbi Sassu taught him in this Amantu bi kitabika al-Nabi al-Zarta wa bi nabiyika al-Nabi al-Zarta. Allah has brought Iman on the kitab you have revealed and on the Nabi that you have sent. So these are some of the Sahabi in dua. After having taught you this dua, we then asked him that, well, recite now, let me hear what, what I taught you, have you learned it? Have you learned it correctly? Made the Sahabi repeat the dua. When he repeated the dua, the last line, Rabbi Nabi Ikan Nabi Arsalta, in place of Nabi, he recited the word Rabbi Rasul Ikan Nabi. In terms of the technical meaning, the meaning of Rasul is on a higher level of Nabi. Khadish Rasulullah was a Nabi, he was a Rasul of Allah. He changed the wording, perhaps by mistake. Nabi Rasul immediately corrected him. No, this is not the way, this is not the word I use. I use the word for the Nabi Nabi. So he recited accordingly. Now, outwardly, there was no problem with the change. Outwardly, it was apparently an insignificant thing. Or rather, maybe somebody might think he changed it for something even higher. But the lesson we have been taught in all this is don't use your intelligence and your mind in what has come from the Bismillah. Don't try to make any changes in that on the basis of your thinking. You stick to that which has come from the Bismillah. And from time to time, the Bismillah would make this kind of correction. Once Nabi Sallam late at night, walking to see what's going on, who is doing what, passes by Hazrat Abu Bakr he's engaged in Tahajjud, he's reciting Quran Kharim very, very softly. And he gave Nabi Sallam observed this. Then he passed by Hazrat Umar Perhaps he was inside his house and he was reciting Quran Kharim in Tahajjud. He was reciting very loudly. The next morning, Nabi Sallallahu called both of them, asked Siddiq Akbar that you were reciting Quran Sharif very silently, very softly, very audible. Why were you reciting so softly? So he replied and said, Asma'atu man majaytu. That being who I was communicating with, he heard. He was listening. Allah Ta'ala is all hearing. So I didn't feel the need to raise my voice beyond that. 
because I was communicating with Allah Ta'ala. And Allah Ta'ala is all very. And in case Nabi Islam and Umar you were reciting very loudly. What was the reason for this? So he replied and said that Oqtizul Rasnan wa Atridul Shaitan. I was reciting loudly so that those who are fast asleep and in the slumber and in this neglect at such a great time and they are just letting me while away, I was waking them up also. And at the same time, the shaitan, the louder I was reading, he was running away. I was chasing shaitan away. Now the beast has heard both of them all. After having heard them, said to her, Abu Bakr you raise your voice a little bit beyond what you decided. You don't decide so softly, raise your voice a little bit. And he said to Abu you soften things down a bit. Now one means that this was to create some kind of balance, some moderation, but Sami Rahmatullah explained that this, there was a deeper lesson in this. The deeper lesson was that first you, whatever you were doing, you were doing it on the basis of your thinking. That I should do it like this because, well, I don't need to raise my voice. On Umar was doing it because I want to wait, those who are sleeping, because I want to chase shaitan away. So you were doing that on the basis of your thinking. Now you change that. You do it on the basis of what I have taught you. Now that you do it on the basis of what I have taught and how I have taught you, now you get the nur of sunnah in your amal. And now that amal will have a different level, different flavor, and different strength, and different benefit, and it will take you very much closer to Allah Ta'ala compared to how you were doing it based on your thinking. So everything has to be brought onto the line of the Sunnah of Rasulullah And this is where our success is, this is where our progress is, let alone in terms of deen, even in dunya. Even our progress in aspects of dunya depends on the extent that we conform to the Sunnah of the Islam. To the extent that the Sunnah is in our business, to that extent, there will be barakat in that business. To that extent, there will be progress. Barakat, barakat is not dependent on excess. Barakat can come in an excess also, in an abundance, and barakat can come in a very little also. When a person conforms to deen, then there is barakat in it. There is a lengthy incident in the books of Hanif, once had Abu Bakr he, there were some guests, and he used to remain with Nabi Sallallahu until Nabi Sallallahu had completed whatever he was, age after Isha, and when Nabi Sallallahu had retired to now rest, then only he would leave and come to his house. Before that he wouldn't come. This was the extent to which he would be in the temple of Nabi Sallallahu until at last two Nabi Sallallahu would go to bed, then he would leave over now he's going to go and rest, then he would leave and he would come to his house. Now they were guests, whenever they were guests, he would take care of the guests by making sure that his son has taken them home, fed them, and whatever is necessary to take care of all the necessities. One night the same thing happened, there were some guests, and Abu Bakr sent the guests to his house and sent his son along, and he was busy with the beast flowers alone. In any case, the guests 
all the other laws of being he broke, but this custom he never breaks. How can I break this custom? The B class says, فَلْيَقْتِلْ دَلِيهُ وَخَيْرِ He took a custom and mistake which was wrong. Then he should do the right thing and he should compensate for that custom in the manner that Sharia has taught. Just to feed ten poor people, let's just see the details of that. The Ulama will explain to us. But such a custom is not permissible to remain on that custom. It should be broken. Now that is the law, that is the way the Vishnu was taught. When they realized their mistake on the spot, what they did, they did the right thing. They upheld the deal of Allah. They brought alive the way of Rasulullah. What was the immediate result of that? Now they all started eating the partition of their food. As they partition of their food, everybody ate. And it seems that this food is not lessening in any way. And the more that the food is being dished out, it seems that there is more food increasing. The Rewaite of Bukhari Sharif. After everybody had eaten, the family people had eaten, they looked into the pot, there was more than what was initially there. Now where did this barkat come from? This barkat came from upholding deen. There was a mistake, but they didn't stay fixed on that mistake. They didn't remain stuck to that wrong. It was a mistake. But they immediately rectified it and brought alive the way of Allah. That brought the immediate burden. One person once brought one to his shop. I was lost. Whatever. He had to make some arrangements and try to rearrange some of the program in some way. And he brought the Buzum to his business. He said, please, come just for a few minutes. Any case, Allah, they don't like to hurt anybody in any way as far as possible they accommodate. So any case he went. When he went, there were a lot of things happening there which were against Sharia, which were now all in front open what they want here. So then Buzum asked him that you made so many well, after a lot of insistence, you brought me here, but what was the purpose of bringing me here? Why you were so insistent? We met each other there, but you insisted I should come into your shop. Why? He said, no, when you come into my shop, there will be burger. So he said, you brought me into the shop with the hope of burger, but the laws of Allah Ta'ala, you took out of your shop. Since you can bring all the business of the world, but if you leave the laws of Allah Ta'ala out of your shop, there will be no burqa. Because the burqa will come when the laws of deen are being upheld. And the way of Rasulullah Ta'ala will be upheld. So any case, the Sahabi came to Nabi Wasallam, and he, now for the first time he's meeting Nabi Wasallam, and after having greeted him, Nabi Wasallam corrected him on the manner of greeting, then he <coughs> After a little bit of discussion, then he said to Nabi Islam, give me some advice, some nasihat. So, he said to Nabi Islam, please give me some advice. So Nabi Islam then gave him advice. What we learn from this is that whenever going to our elders, our seniors, any akabir, a very, very important thing is to keep taking the advice of the seniors. Sometimes, 
And often this would be the case that when a person has asked for advice with sincerity, with that genuine salah, Allah Ta'ala inspires the heart of who he has asked. So give such, some such nasihat, one line, maybe some words, which sometimes become the means of a turning point in a person's life. So this is dependent on the talab and the ikhlas with which that nasihat was sought. Shouldn't be just a customary thing, if, well, everybody does it, so I'm going to do something. No, it should be out of sincerity and out of genuine talab. A person is desiring that I should be given some advice so that I can learn something. Maybe this might be what might affect my heart and it might just spur me to now move towards the level. So when that is asked with ikhlas and with talab, Allah Ta'ala is the giver. Nobody has anything. The giver is Allah Ta'ala. And on that talab, Allah Ta'ala will inspire. When the child cries, Allah Ta'ala fills the mother's bosom with milk. Otherwise there was no milk there. Before the child came into the dunya, there was no milk. But this is the talab of the child. Allah Ta'ala makes that intizam and arrangement. So this nasihat is something extremely important to keep taking the nasihat, keep taking advice. To ask for advice, to also give advice. And that advice is given to us, you must have the heart to take it. Sometimes that advice might not be very, very palatable. That advice might sometimes be a little bit, as you might say, a little hard. It might be a little firm. It might be sometimes bitter. Not that it might be said in a bitter way, but it might not be something very palatable for us. But the thing to always realize is that somebody who is advising us, who is correcting us, he is doing us a great favor. We should be extremely appreciative of that favor he brings us. If somebody sees a scorpion sitting on our shoulder and he comes to warn us, watch out what's on your shoulder, and we realize now that the scorpion and we manage to shake it off, so we'll be, would that person be now offended? Then why are you worried about what's on my shoulder? Why did you mind your own business? He will be utterly grateful. Jazakallah, you saved my life. If this scorpion had stung me, it might have been my death. Now, in terms of dunya and one's physical safety and security and so on, if somebody assisted us in that regard, we feel very grateful. And we'll be eternally grateful to that person. Person who is giving us nasihat in terms of correcting us if we did something wrong in terms of being, we are involved in some wrong action which is now going to lead to our destruction in the akhirah, even in dunya, and the person now is advising us, that person is advising us with something that is more greater than removing that scorpion from our shoulder. The scorpion that the most a person's life will go, life is going to go sooner or later. But if that life went, but the person was on iman, on righteousness, then that's the end of all his worries of dunya, and inshallah he's gone to Jannah. But if that person was involved in wrong, in 
and haram and sinful things and he didn't make Tawbah, he didn't come back to Allah Ta'ala and then suddenly life went, then there's a big problem. Khabar is a problem, the day of Qiyamah is a difficulty and Allah forbid that the person ends up in Jahannam. So somebody who is advising us in deen in aspects of giving up some wrong, coming on to righteousness, that person is doing us a greater favor than saving us from somebody who is trying to shoot us at point blank range. He's doing us a greater favor. We should be very grateful. Never take offense at somebody giving us nasihat. So in any case, the Sahabi asked Muhammad that advice, give me some advice. There were many advice that Muhammad gave him. It's one or two things we will inshallah discuss and we will terminate on this. The first advice to be from Gavi Moral, La Tasubbanna Ahadam. Now, he is coming for the first time, he never had the opportunity of coming to Nabi Sahasim before this, and he is asking for advice on this first meeting. And on this first meeting, the first advice that he is being given, La Tasubbanna Ahadam. Don't ever abuse anybody verbally. The first advice in this first meeting. Now let us reflect. One is, we will, the word asub, sabba yasub. In Arabic there are two separate words. One is shatm. Shatm refers to what we will translate as swearing, vulgarity. And some that is a more generalized word. It includes some types of swearing as well, or if a person is swearing, that is also included. Or it's harsh word, calling somebody a stupid now, for example. Now, in many contexts, that cannot be regarded as something very serious. But some other things might be regarded as serious. The word stuff includes this too. It includes cursing somebody. Cursing someone is also including stuff. To sum it all up, verbal abuse. Don't verbally abuse anyone. Now, the first meeting, this is the first lesson. Now, if you really think about it, this lesson wasn't just to this one person. Maybe Sallam, whatever lessons he gave to any Sahabi, this was a lesson to the last person, for the last person to Kiyama. These were the people who were going to convey it. These were the vehicles that would deliver this nasihat to the Ummah. It wasn't just one single person that was being addressed. Behind him the whole Ummah was being addressed. Watch how you use this tongue. Now many a time, with certain people we would be very cautious about how we speak, what we say. But in certain spaces, it doesn't matter what we say. If it's in, indoors in our homes, how we talk to whoever we talk, whatever we say, what kind of language we use, doesn't matter. If we somewhere else, then we will be very, very cautious. That is not the way in the least of us to have a double policy, a two-faced policy. No, we have to face Allah. Just as we have to face Allah Ta'ala outside, we have to face Allah Ta'ala inside also. Allah Ta'ala is watching everywhere. And He is away. Allah Ta'ala is going to take us to trust on the day of Qiyamah. 
will not make any difference whether you are indoors or outdoors. Then. So, wherever a person is, this is the concern Nabi Salaam had that nobody should be caused any pain, inconvenience, unduly. Don't hurt anybody's feelings in any way. Without due right. Many a time, these are aspects which are not even regarded as part of being. If a person has committed some other sin, he has stolen something, and everybody regards it as a sin, and rightly so. It is a serious sin. Somebody has been involved in taking some intoxicant, and you will understand the sin, and indeed it is a sin. It's a very serious sin. But hurting somebody's feelings, what's in this? What happened? Person feels his tahajib didn't get affected in any way, his tilawah didn't get affected in any way, his charity didn't get affected in any way. What's in there if he hurt somebody's feelings? If he committed zoom on somebody, so what? If he oppressed the employee, so what? If he abused somebody, so what? Life will carry on. Whereas not as simple as that. This abuse will lead to the loss of all the amal. The Hadith Sharif, the famous Hadith which is often quoted on the day of Qiyamah, Nabi Sallallahu asked the Sahaba that who is a Muslim? Who is a pauper? If a person doesn't have any kind of wealth, then I'm not talking about that person. The pauper of my ummah, the bankrupt person of my ummah, the person will come on the day of Qiyamah with mountains of good deeds, salat and fasting. Not that a person should not engage in this, but after having done it, he should look after it. And the very important part of looking after it is not to trample the rights of others, otherwise you lose it. Now he comes with mountains of good deeds, with but at the same time he comes, Again, the first thing mentioned in this Hadith Sharif is that from the day of Qiyamah, where he was misusing his tongue against people, blurting obscenities, vulgarities, verbal abuse. The first aspect mentioned in the Hadith, on the day of Qiyamah, one side he's got mountains of good deeds, but at the same time he's come in this condition that he has been misusing his tongue in this way. And he slandered somebody, and he took away somebody's wealth wrongfully, he shed somebody's blood. So now what will happen? All these mountains of good deeds will get dished out to these people in lieu of the zoom that was perpetrated on them. After all the good deeds have been dished out, because for a few dirhams, He'll have to give away 700 accepted or 500 accepted salah. So now when everything is destroyed, he's got nothing left to give. But the people's claims are still there. So their sins will now be taken. Their sins will be taken and put onto him, and he'll be thrown into the fire of Jannah. So this first message and first lesson that we saw today the Sahabi that don't ever abuse anybody. The Sahabi came for advice. He came for advice, he asked for advice. He asked for that advice with ikhlas, with that sincere salah. What was the effect of this? He says, after that occasion, on that occasion that this advice was given to me, from that day, I never cursed, I never swore, I never abused, 
neither any free person, wala abdan, nor any slave. Now in that time they used to be slaves as well, and slaves used to be treated very, very, sometimes in a, without much care, without much concern, he says, I never abused any slave also, let alone a free person. He says, let alone a slave, I didn't even say a harsh word to an animal. Now, they have to be riding animals all the time, some uh, horse and some camel and tending to animals. So often, sometimes the animal is doing something, becoming rebellious. Many times the person would just say something, I didn't even say a harsh word to an animal. This was the effect of that Nasihat. And the effect of the Nasihat of Rasulullah are obviously, but in this was also that the effect that came in his heart was the effect of his Ikhlas and Talaf. Otherwise the Nasihat was given to Abu Lahab and Abu Jahal also. But they had sealed their heart. So it bounced off. But that Ikhlas and Talaf of which he sought that Nasihat, that was the contributed to the effect. And once only that advice was given to him, that was the last time that he had to be given that advice. It never happened again. Then the second advice Nabi Sahasim gave it to him, inshallah, terminate on. Then Nabi Sahasim said to him, Malatahfiranna minal ma'arufi shay'ah. Don't ever regard any good deed as trivial. Don't regard any good deed as trivial. Even if it means greeting your fellow Muslim brother with a smiling face. Don't think that was trivial. Even that, don't regard it as trivial. This is also Shaitan's trap that sometimes the thought comes of doing some good, some small action it might be. Shaitan says, look, you have got so many big, big guna and sin on your head, what difference is one little thing going to make you? So it makes him leave that out. Or, say, well now the small thing, leave it now, later on you will do more than that. Now where are you going to sit down now to meet one buku? Later on you will be one para one time. <laughs> now there was one minute left, so he could read one buku, the thought came in his mind, one, one buku now, after the one para, either the one para got done or the one buku got done. There was something lying on the way, the thought came in his mind, that let me move this out, this is a very great act of being. This is bringing alive a branch of Iman. Iman is one of the branches of Iman. Is that if there's something that will cause inconvenience, lying on the way, to remove it out of the way, that is a branch of Iman. And he was walking past that came to his mind. Shaitan just makes him now what's in that is past. These thoughts that come of righteousness, any good act, he was about to drink water, he was about to drink water with the left hand. Oh, he was standing. And the thought came out, this is wrong. You must sit down and drink. You must decide to still love her. That is a thought that is a guest that comes from the side of Allah. And if he entertains this guest, like a person comes as a guest to somebody's house, and he is entertained very well, he is welcome, he seated nicely, he's entertained well, then he feels very, very inclined to come again. Maybe some days will pass and want to visit again. Because he was cheated so well. But he came, somebody didn't even welcome him. And he was just told to sit down somewhere. And nobody is attending to him. 
So these thoughts that come in the heart that inspire a person towards something good in the terminology of the Sufi Ikram, the term warid. And this warid is this thought that comes of good, which is a guest from the side of Allah. Now if a person entertains it well, how does he entertain it well? He acts upon it. That inspiration, he didn't reject it. He didn't ignore it. He made amal upon it. Now that is entertaining it. That will come again. It will inspire him again. And then the third time, and it will grow. And first it inspired him to something small, now that inspiration will grow also. It will inspire him to bigger things. But if he ignores it, one time he ignored it, two times he ignored it, then this voice dies off. This voice in the heart dies off. This voice that inspires towards good. Because this was a gift from Allah Ta'ala Ta'ala. And he kept on ignoring it. As a result, it goes away. So one is that this is something to be that any good act, never regard it as small and trivial and ignore it. Something small, but we can do it, we do it. The other part of it is that any good act that becomes the means of another good act. Good brings further good. And sin brings further sin. Person saying, well, this small thing now, this will be makru. It's makru, then makru means, is no problem doing it. That's in our terminology. Whereas makru means something detected. So a person who does something makru, then he becomes disliked in the sight of Allah. Now a person says small thing, but that small thing becomes a doorway to something bigger. First he becomes accustomed to what is makru, then he feels nothing about it. Then he starts over something beyond that. And then that becomes part of his life. Then he says, well now, how long am I going to just be going around in the same circle? I need something stronger. I need to get onto harder things. And then Allah forgets from one thing to the next, and a person is addicted to the worst kind of thing. He's addicted to looking at haram, he's addicted to listening to things, and they are actually places that are being now, medical places, that are being established which they are calling the addiction centers. People have got addicted to devices. People have become addicted to their phones. And what not goes on on that phone? So, just as the sin begets another sin, likewise a person did a righteous action that brings about further tawfiq of other good actions. When a person now acts on that little that he could do, Allah Ta'ala opens the door for more things. So this was the second advice that the Sallallahu gave him. There are many other aspects that are mentioned there. Allah Ta'ala give us a talking and whatever we have discussed, which is something that, whatever little, but the intention should be that at least something we take back. We may not be able to act on everything, but something should come into our life. We should start practicing on some aspects, start Reminding, reflecting upon what we heard, what we spoke, and the way we're going to start off. There's something or the other that we should be doing. Inshallah, with this, the door will open for more. Allah tabarak wa ta'ala, give us all the coffee. Ba'akhir al-da'wana, alhamdulillah, ya sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Make zikr for a few minutes and then we'll do it.
الحديث الشريف القسم التاسع من آية الله عند الشام الشريف الله ترى القادس في الشام الفاطم المؤمن بدي القيامة القدس مين إن شاء الله والبركة والبديل لسيتيشن الله إلى هيد الله عند الشام الله ترى وجيبين بالتوفيق وغيرت جديد ستيدين بمسن and this inshallah will become the means of the great honor of the day of Qiyamah. Therefore we should try to make this our daily practice. This is done jointly now for the sake of encouragement and ta'aleem. But this should be in our own time and space. That's what we should do daily inshallah. And saying La ilaha, bring to mind that all the ghayrullah, all the evil, the filth, the dirt, the illicit things in our hearts, everything that is an obstacle in taking the closeness of Allah Ta'ala, all this we have taken and thrown out of our heart. And illallah is this noor that is coming into the heart, which is the love of Allah Ta'ala. Sayyid Guru
और मेरे तन में बजाए आबोगिल दर्द दिल हो दर्द दिल हो दर्द दिल नफसोशीता दोनों ने मिलकर हाय किया है मुझको तबाह मेरे मौला मेरी मदद कर चाहता हूँ मैं तेरी पना मुझसा खल्क में कोई नहीं गो बद किरदार नामा किया तू भी मगर अफसार है यारब बखदे मेरे सारे गुना अब तो रहे बस चादर में आखिर मिलते दबाए मेरे इला
اللهم لك الحمد اللهم لك الحمد اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحصي فنعا عليك أنت كما أسميت على نفسك جزا الله عنا نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهل اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد كلما ذكره الذاكرون وصل على سيدنا محمد كلما غفل عن ذكره الغافلون ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا ظلمنا أنفسنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكون من الخاطئين اللهم وفقنا لما تحب وترضى اللهم وفقنا لما تحب وترضى اللهم وفقنا لما تحب وترضى واجعل آخرتنا خيرا من الأولى ربنا لا تزغ قلوبنا بعد إذ هديتنا وهب لنا من لدنك رحمة إنك أنت الرهاب ربنا إنك جامع الناس اليوم لا ريب فيه إن الله لا يخلق النعاد اللهم ثبتنا على الإيمان وأمتنا على الإيمان وحشرنا يوم القيامة مع الإيمان يا مقلب القلوب ثبت قلوبنا على دينك يا مصرف القلوب صرف قلوبنا على طاعتك اللهم ارزقنا حبك وحب من يحبك والعمل الذي يبلغنا حبك اللهم الحبك أحب إلينا من أنفسنا وأهلينا ومن الماء البارد إله العالمين يا الله most merciful, most gracious, most kind, most loving Allah إله العالمين يا الله indeed we are your most sinful servants يا الله Allah from head to toe we are covered in sin يا الله Allah despite all your bounties and all your ni'mas يا الله Allah all we have done is we have returned it with sin يا الله Allah how ungrateful we have been يا الله Allah you forgive us يا الله Allah forgive us يا الله Allah forgive us يا الله Forgive our families يا الله Forgive our friends and relatives يا الله Allah forgive the ummah of Rasulullah صلى الله عليه وسلم Allah show your makhfirat of the ummah يا الله Show your makhfirat of the ummah يا الله Show your rahmat of the ummah يا الله Allah show your blessings of the ummah يا الله Remove the suffering of the Ummah, Ya Allah. Allah, we acknowledge what is happening is due to our sins, Ya Allah. Allah, you forgive us and forgive the entire Ummah, Ya Allah. Allah, cool the Mubarak heart of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Allah, what pain he must be suffering, Ya Allah. Allah, what pain he must be going through, Ya Allah. Allah, that his Ummah is in this kind of condition, Ya Allah. Allah, Allah, let me give us a topic of those A'mal that bring down your Rahmat, Ya Allah. Give us from those A'mal that bring down Azaab, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, give us a tawfiq of being under the shade of your mercy, mercy all the time, Ya Allah. Give us a tawfiq of fulfilling all your commands, Ya Allah. Save us from all the haram, Ya Allah. Allah, save us from all the evils, Ya Allah. Save us from all the fitna and fasad, Ya Allah. Allah, save us from all the sins, Ya Allah. Save us from the sins of the eyes, Ya Allah. Save us from the sins of the ears and tongue, Ya Allah. Save us from the sins of the hands and feet, Ya Allah. Allah, clean our hearts out of every sin, Ya Allah. Purify our hearts, Ya Allah. Remove the pride, the malice, the jealousy, Ya Allah. Remove the love of the ego, Ya Allah. Remove the love of dunya, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, fill our hearts with your love, Ya Allah. Allah, fill our hearts with your muhabbat, Ya Allah. Allah, fill our hearts with your muhabbat, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with the love of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Fill our hearts with the love of his Mubarak Sunnah, Ya Allah. Give us the topic of living according to his Mubarak Sunnah, Ya Allah. Allah, remove the ways of Yehud and Nasara from our lives, Ya Allah. Put the hatred of the ways of Yehud and Nasara in our hearts, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, enable us to love the Sunnah, Ya Allah. Enable us to practice the Sunnah, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, give us steadfast and deed, Ya Allah. Keep us steadfast and deed, Ya Allah. Allah, save us from all the isms, Ya Allah. Save us from all the temptations, Ya Allah. Save us from all the, Ya Allah, chaps of nafs and shaitan, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, we cannot be saved on our own, Ya Allah. 
Allah, we are totally dependent on your help, Ya Allah. Allah, we cannot save ourselves for one breath, Ya Allah. Allah, you protect us, Ya Allah. You save God, Ya Allah. And it protect, protect us like that little baby is looked after, Ya Allah. Allahumma waqiyatan kawaqiyatil wadid. Allahumma waqiyatan kawaqiyatil wadid. Allahumma waqiyatan kawaqiyatil wadid. Ilahul alameen, Ya Allah. Grant us the tawfiq of performing our five times salah with jama'ah, Ya Allah. Grant us khushu and khudu in our salah, Ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, enable us to recite the Qur'an Sharif daily, Ya Allah. Allah, grant us the true reality of the Qur'an Sharif, Ya Allah. Allah, enable us to make your zikr daily, Ya Allah. Allah, grant us the tawfiq of communicating with you in dua daily, Ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, accept us and accept our progenies from the khidmat of deen, Ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, Ya Allah. Allah, save us from all the evils, Ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, Ya Allah. All those who have passed away with complete makhira, ya Allah. Allah, fill their covers with glory, ya Allah. Allah, grant them high status in the akhirah, ya Allah. Allah, the time of our death, take us to the kalimah, la ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah. Allah, take us from iman and kamil, ya Allah. Take us from tawbat and nasuh, ya Allah. Ilahu al-alamin, ya Allah. Make our covers gardens of jannah for us, ya Allah. Grant us the shafat of Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah, give us jannah to fear those without any reckoning, ya Allah. Ilahu al-alamin, ya Allah. Grant us complete, ya Allah, the amal, topic of making amal on complete, ya <laughs> Fulfill each one's needs from the grave, Ya Allah. Remove each one's difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah. Fulfill each one's fight aspirations, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, unite the hearts of the Ummah, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of spouses, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of parents and children, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of brothers and sisters, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of family members, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of communities, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of the Ummah of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ya Allah, Nabi Islam made one Ummah in death, Ya Allah. Allah, how much he cried for this Ummah, Ya Allah. How much he sacrificed for this Ummah, Ya Allah. موسیقی ربنا تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وتب علينا يا مولانا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وأصحابه المعين سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المسلمين والحمد لله